0: This episode is brought to you by the Copywriter Accelerator, the 12-week program for copywriters who want to learn the business skills they need to succeed as copywriters. Learn more at thecopywriteraccelerator.com.
1: What if you could hang out with seriously talented copywriters and other experts, ask them about their successes and failures, their work processes, and their habits, then steal an idea or two to inspire your own work? That's what Rob and I do every week at the Copywriter Club podcast.
0: You're invited to join the club for episode 186 as we chat with two copywriters, Betsy Muse and Greta Kate, about forming a business partnership with another copywriter, running a summit, and their advice for anyone who wants to do one, their biggest struggles in business, and what comes next.
2: Betsy
1: and Greta, welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you. It's great being here. Thanks for having us. We're excited to have both of you. It's a little party today with the four of us. <laughs> um, so we were both recently a part of your summit that you ran a couple months ago now, uh, your woman, your first ever woman-led summit. And so I know we're going to dig into that today and talk about summits, which are quite popular right now in the, the COVID-19 landscape. Lots of summits are popping up. Um, but why don't we start with your story how did you two end up as business partners? Well,
2: it's really a funny story. <laughs> Greta and I met in Joanna Weeps, 10X freelance copywriter and bonded over a shared love for AppSumo lifetime deals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Greta invited me for coffee and I thought, hey, great. She lives in North Carolina somewhere. And so we'll just meet halfway in between and... Now, Greta lives in Corpus Christi, Texas. So <laughs> <laughs> we weren't quite meeting in person. So, And then a week after our virtual coffee, we started an accountability group in 10X Freelance Copywriter, and that group is still active today.
3: Yeah, we had, right off the bat, um, realized that we had some shared values and uh, were interested in um, sort of the same... Making it having the same kind of impact. And so, uh, and back to Absumo, you know, they had this uh, summit deal and we were talking about that. And Betsy said, let's do a summit, let's do it. Um, and so it was born. It wasn't, uh, we weren't kind of putting our heads together and trying to come up with a, a business that we could run together. It wasn't that kind of situation. It all happened very organically. Um, And we just jumped in.
0: So I know we're mostly going to talk about the partnership that you two have and the summits and and the things that you're doing together. But I actually want to take a step back and ask you both. How did you get into copywriting in the first place? You know, what was uh, what was the thing that made you choose to be a copywriter so that you would have joined a mastermind and then met each other? Greta, maybe you could start and then
3: Betsy. Sure. Sure. Um, So. (laughs) I fell in love with writing as soon as I fell in love with stories when I was a child and I've sort of never looked back. Um, and I had actually, I come from ghost writing previous to marketing. Um, I was doing ghost writing and, uh, for, uh, speeches, presentations and articles. Um, I have a great love of psychology. I was, you know, my parents, I was raised by an educator and a psychologist. And so how people learn and why and how they decide to do what they do is kind of um, a lifelong family conversation um, that I've extended into a career. Um, Yeah. So then I found direct response, which was super interesting to me. And then, um, but it wasn't quite the, it didn't, Fit like it was tailor-made for me um and then I found conversion copy and that that fit for me and uh and I've been doing that ever since Betsy how about you I have a
2: degree in journalism and have always wanted like Greta always wanted to be a writer and have enjoyed learning about and understanding what motivates people to act and do what they do Um, But I come from the world of political writing, and that started out, that's before we were online, uh, direct mail pieces, speeches. um, And then, of course, once we came online, websites, and it was being online, I found Joanna Weeb, and
1: that's it. End of story. What was the original vision for Women-Led Summits when the idea was coming together in your accountability group and you both like had that moment where you're like, this is it. This is what we want to create together.
2: I'd love to say we had some masterful plan uh, and process that, that generated the idea. But as Greta said before, it was very organic. It was a lot of little things that came together at just the right time. And what it really boils down to is Greta and I share a desire to help women and to lift up the voices that often go unheard because we live in such a male-dominant society. And I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just stating a reality.
1: And then once you have that vision, that's in some ways, right? It's the easy part is like seeing the vision, you're excited about it. But where most people drop off is actually executing it and bringing it to life. What, do you, what did you do to get this idea launched into the world and to take those first few steps that are the most critical? Um, what did you do? And what did that look like at the time?
3: Betsy pushed us off a cliff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps. Really?
2: What, childbirth is easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, really just jumping, just doing it. And it was so great to have someone to do it with and to bounce things off of. I would not have wanted to do this alone. So we just had late night conversations, right, Greta? Oh, So many, so Many, many, many late night conversations. And we were somewhat flying blind because neither of us had ever worked on a summit before, let alone run one. But there was a little bit of information out there and the the summit software that we were able to use uh, offered some guidance too. So we combined that with our marketing know-how and did the best we could.
0: So let's dive into the details on that because I'm curious, you know maybe maybe I'd like to do a summit someday. You know what does it really take? How did you find participants? What does the software look like and do? Um, you know, what do we need to know before we jump into something like a summit on our own?
2: I think the important thing is to know what software is out there that can help take some of the tasks off your plate. Um, so, a a product like Hey Summit, which is the one we use, um, already has some of the landing page structures and the cart and other things, the, the speaker structure, so that you really only have to plug things in. And that's gonna be a whole lot easier than creating something on your own, pulling together a variety of third-party products. Greta, any thoughts on the software and hardware?
3: Yeah, make it as easy on yourself as possible, particularly if it's your first go-round. Um, yeah, it's you can always iterate, know that um, things are gonna happen. Things aren't, you know, not everything's going to go smoothly all the time that's really just part of it
0: and then how did you guys decide you know who you were going to ask how did the invites go out what percentage of people accepted your invite to participate
2: you already know the community that has built up around the copywriter club 10x freelance copywriter and copy school um we had an amazing response
3: yes incredible it was it bowled us over the response that we got. Um, it was it was absolutely incredible. We had so much um, support, encouragement, and participation. It was it was a real testament to the power of community. It really
2: was, and um, we were like Greta said. We were so supported uh, by our friends. In, the, in these communities, but also by people who had no idea who we were. And well, I've got to give a shout out to you. Our women led summits is women led, but not women only. And I, know, I, I don't usually speak for Greta, but I think I can say this for both of us that we were incredibly grateful for um, the fact that you supported us
1: and spoke at the summit.
0: Well, of course. Yeah, for sure.
1: So let's break it down um, a little bit more. Into you know, it sounds like you had this great community support, and we were both excited to be a part of it. I think that that was the general feel was like we were all excited because many of us did know you, and we wanted to be a part of it. So beyond that, um, you know, it sounds like step one: figure out the software. Hey, Summit is a great uh, platform to use, or probably other ones out there. you know, is step two call for speaker applications. Um, Can we break it down kind of like step by step and work through it for someone who wants to do it uh, soon?
2: Absolutely. And and we'll be glad to pull together some type of blog post or, or guide if you want us to, to go along with this. But the, I think step two, really step one would be give yourself enough time we pulled this together in under ten weeks, which is just—oh, wow! <laughs> uh, we don't want to use ugly words, but you know, it really wasn't that smart of us. But like Greta said, we jumped off a cliff, and it was time to act rather than plan to perfection. And so we did. Um, but give yourself enough time, and and go ahead and start letting people that you know. Other, you know, within your community who would make good speakers, go ahead and give them a heads up and get your call to your open call for speakers out on social media and and broadcast that as far as and as wide as you can. Go ahead uh, and have before you actually do that, you're going to want we, we built um, landing pages that had all the information that our speakers would need before they filled out an application.
0: So, yeah, can I maybe just ask a little bit more about the timeline? So what are the things that uh, took so much time? Because somebody listening might think, and and it occurred to me, well, 10 weeks, that feels like that actually might be a lot of time. Um, you know, obviously, we've planned events and, and live events. That's a really difficult thing to pull off that quickly. But what are the things that take so much time? Is it, you know, that people need to prepare, you know, presentations or, or your know, list building? Like, what are the things?
3: It's the interviews. Yeah. So, and that, we were a little um, different than, I mean, there are a lot of summits that have mainly presentations and we did sort of informal interview style for a lot of ours. And actually we had given the option and we're surprised at how many speakers chose to do the interview style. And we thoroughly enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Um, really great conversations, really incredible insights from a lot of incredibly skilled marketers. But unfortunately, there was a lot of editing that needed to be done with that. And that is incredibly time consuming. And I just have to give an incredible amount of props to Betsy, because she is a wizard, <laughs> an absolute wizard, and uh, in the the editing department, that was that was really well done. I don't know how you did it all, Betsy.
1: Oh, Greta, thank you. <laughs> so, so Betsy, you were editing all the interviews. Yes. And how many? I know you included a lot of speakers. How many ended up um, as part of the summit? 45, Forty-five. Oh my goodness, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of editing. Wow, it's a lot of
2: editing, and it was—you know—we had days where we had eight hours worth of interviews.
1: So, what? Just to dig into that, what would you do differently? Will you do differently next time? Will you not do interviews? Will you have less speakers? To will you just hire someone to do video video editing?
2: Well, I think the next time we will simply give ourselves more time, and we'll honor hard deadlines for. Um, for the interviews, which then gives us the time to do the editing. Um, video editing is actually expensive. And so if we're going to spend money, it would probably be in another area since I can do the video editing, but it's, you know, I think just giving ourselves more time. We loved the interviews. I don't necessarily want to do fewer of them. I just want to be smarter about how we approach the timing. Okay. Honor those deadlines. Um, having a mix of presentations and interviews and having a mix of lengths of different presentations and interviews is really important for a summit.
1: Okay. All right. So, um, and I know you mentioned like step four, I don't know why I have to break this into steps for my brain, but you built landing pages with all the info your speakers would need. And you did that before you even accepted your speakers. So, um, and I remember just from being a speaker, it just I felt like anytime I got an email from you or I saw the landing page, you did such a great job of just organizing a lot of content as far as what you need to collect from us and details. Um, can you just talk a little bit about specifically what that looks like to prepare speakers for a summit and um, the communication that's required? Because I do think it's easy, like Rob said, to just think, this is easy. It's virtual. But anytime there's communication with speakers about <laughs> half an hour, hour interview, it's a lot of back and forth if you don't do it well.
2: Right. Well, early on, we ha- wrote our speaker and sponsor transactional emails so that they were ready to go. And then we... Um, built out the landing pages, and this is—I did a lot of the structural work, and Greta's really good at um, the um, at writing the step-by-step copy. So it was really a combination of the two of us pulling these pages together, and and making sure that we had everything, and then putting ourselves in the speaker's shoes, because you know our approach is. Yes, we're providing a platform, but we look at it as you're doing us a favor by speaking at our event. So we want to make it as easy as possible and put as little friction as possible in the way of, the, of a successful event for you as a speaker.
0: While we're talking about speakers, can I, I, I won't make you choose like favorite speakers, but can I ask, like, what were some of your favorite takeaways from the people that you spoke with? You know, were there. <laughs>
3: You just want them to say you.
0: No, I don't. I I fully expect that it won't be me uh, because I saw the lineup of speakers. Like you guys had an amazing, amazing gathering of speakers, and I didn't realize it was forty-five. Like that's. I didn't
1: either.
3: Yeah,
0: Yeah. that's that's a ton. But yeah, what were some of the some of your favorite takeaways as you talked uh, with uh, other women, primarily, you know, about their businesses?
3: Oh, so many. Literally ended up taking notes <laughs> for pretty much every single interview and presentation it, because there were just so many amazing insights and we were connecting dots left and right for you know big umbrella term marketing and for um even you know our own businesses. Um, there was gosh, Betsy, can you think of can you pinpoint one? <laughs> well.
2: I think one of the things that I took away, and it wasn't really necessarily something that I learned personally that I apply to my business, but one of the talks that we got was from a very shy introverted startup founder. She had tried to handle her own marketing and she submitted, you know, a talk that, and she has not, had not spoken in the past. And that was among the favorites because it was so personal And she was sharing a personal experience rather than necessarily giving advice. And people really liked that. So I think sometimes, and this may come later when you ask what advice, you know, we might give to uh, other, to people who want to speak, but, but that's really speak about personal experience.
0: Okay, I'm also curious about the business impact. You know, what were the results? Uh, how, what you started from scratch, so you know you had to build the list. What did that look like? Did you guys uh, make money? Did it, you know? Did you lose money? What did all of that look like?
2: Well, we did make money, but that wasn't our goal. That wasn't our focus. And uh, we made enough to pay for the event and then some. But uh, so we, we still have the lights on. <laughs> But we went from a zero list to more than five hundred in three weeks, and um, and that's you know we and and just the fact that we had forty five speakers, um, those were our success indicators. But it was nice for the event to pay for itself.
3: Yeah, we we absolutely were. Um, this was a more of a a, a mission based. Um, you know, values-based experiment um, and and first foray. So we didn't do the the hard sell and you know all of the the many many uh, trappings that can go with some of the the summits that are just sell 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 sell. You know, we were focused a lot more on um, creating an impact. Um, and I think that we could not have had a better experience with that. I mean, yes, we definitely made money, we got a list, we you know all the things worked and um, and that was fantastic. But we learned so much about how many other marketers, even how many other copywriters, um, how many other business owners are also looking for a value match in what they're doing. That was one of my biggest takeaways to go back for a second. <laughs> I was really I was really surprised at how often um values and um and and mission in in marketing um personal values, business values and values-based missions came up in our talks. I found that very interesting.
1: Yeah, well I mean I think that's quite a win for the two of you to have the event pay for itself, and then make a little extra um, to grow your list from zero to 500 in you know a couple months. And to then also build relationships with all the speakers, right? Those relationships are, are valuable in many different ways and build your own authority as well. And then there are so many other benefits attached to this type of event. And especially, I think that's the power of doing it virtually is that you can kind of get it up and running and feel that impact and all the benefits uh, a little bit faster and maybe with less, a little less, I know it was stressful, but a little bit less stress as an in-person event too and less overhead. Uh, But can we also just focus on the promotion part of this? Because I think it's easy to hear you two say, okay, we grew our list to 500 in 10 weeks. And that sounds really dreamy for a lot of copywriters who don't have a list or are struggling to grow their list. But can you just talk about like, what it took to do that? How? What was the plan to get people to sign up for this and to share it? And yes, you already had a community, but what was like the strategic plan to grow and get people to sign up and grow your list?
3: Well, it wasn't anything incredibly shocking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, summits are list builders. They are they inherently function that way because you, you know, because speakers also obviously want to, um, to promote to their own audiences as well. So we put some, you know, we let people know that it was happening. We pointed them in, you know, to the the, the page to sign up and they did it. There wasn't anything I know that's that sounds very anticlimactic and and disappointing, doesn't it, Kira? <laughs> there's no, there we didn't have a secret weapon that way. There wasn't a a special um, secret handshake strategy that we used.
1: Well, maybe it's just that then. I mean, it, having 45 speakers gives you more reach, right? So, also for someone who's considering whether or not to do a summit, how many speakers to add? Um, Adding more speakers could help you reach more people. And if list growth is really important to you, that could be worth it.
2: It could be. And one of the things we did, we knew we were relying on their audiences, the audiences that speakers would reach out to. So we did provide assets. We had several um, email templates they could use if they chose to, and some social media graphics. So, you know, we we try to make it as easy as possible. And then we did our own social media marketing and networking in a very short time span. So if you already have a decent list and you already have a decent following on social media, it may be um, a lot easier for you than it was for us.
0: Okay. So I want to know then your advice uh, for people who are thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. Your biggest takeaways, you know, what, uh, w- would you talk us out of it? Um, or, and again, yeah, biggest takeaways, biggest things that you learned from the whole experience.
2: I would not talk you out of it. I would simply say, start early, keep your first one small. And what
3: else Greta? I weren't scared. Just do it just do it. Just jump right in and do it. There's no better (sighs) following someone else's plan is great. um, But just taking the risk, putting yourself out there, doing the thing, just do it. If you're called to, if you feel, if you're interested, if you feel it tugging at you, just do it, do the thing. Yeah. Do the thing. Make
2: sure you have a central theme and that the presentations are related to that theme. I mean, that is as hard as it gets.
1: Right now, there are lots of summits popping up and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's the normal amount and I'm just paying attention to them more since we can't attend um, in-person events. How would you two, based on your experience, what advice would you give as far as standing out as a summit? I mean, the theme is probably important, right? Have a really solid theme to help your summit stand out from all the other summits out there. But I know I'm kind of feeling right now, just like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed with all the summits I could sign up for. Um, it doesn't mean we shouldn't do them, but how can we do them and stand out and get people to participate in an online world where it's it's very crowded and, and loud right now?
3: It's really important to just have a lot of clarity about what you're offering. You know, our summit was basically a deliverable and it's in and of itself, Right. Um, and so there were, there were, there were results that you could get from attending the summit. You would learn about, you know, all four days had their own part of the conversion journey that they discussed. And so you were learning actual, um, processes, strategies, um, that you could integrate into your own business. Um, so it didn't feel like it wasn't vague and it wasn't like, oh, well, that might be a good idea, you know? you could say people could look at it and say, Oh, I could learn how to do my email marketing better for my launch. Um, yes, I'd like to do that. So I would say be very specific about the kind of, and, and clear about what results your audience is going to get from your summit. What do you want it to be about? What are they going to get out of it? And who are you talking to just kind of like any other pitch? Um, and it's okay to be incredibly specific about it. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a huge topic. it doesn't have to be a massive audience. Um, I have seen some summits that are that are incredibly successful happening right now that are very niche, very very niche. but since we're all online now, <laughs> it's easier to gather your people.
0: I know you mentioned the timeline, you know, was a bit of a struggle, but did anything else go wrong? Did you, you know, have problems with anything else?
2: The only thing that really threw us off was that Greta and I included an implementation boot camp as part um of our offer. And it it wasn't necessarily wrong. It just made things not quite gel. And it, it was difficult to market. So um you know that's the only thing i can think of that that went
3: wrong
0: and can i can i just uh, can i ask what you mean by that like what is it what do you mean when
3: you say it didn't quite gel i think that's is uh just referring to the fact that it really split the focus in terms of our marketing and so it kind of felt like you know so we have this uh you know this value driven um, the summit that we're doing and then we're we're selling these two different things right The all access pass and then the uh, the boot camp implementation boot camp afterwards and so it kind of felt like it was an awful lot of selling for what our our personal you know KPIs were um, so, that was there was we were feeling a little bit of a disconnect with that and we weren't feeling totally aligned um, which you know, now we know
2: yeah I think our audience too they're not used to seeing those things at a summit so I think it was there was a disconnect there as well but lesson learned and and we did hold the boot camp it you know we did we do feel comfortable with what
1: so was it easier? It sounds like it was easier to sell the all-access pass to the summit compared to the implementation bootcamp. Is that right, or was it split? Well, it was pretty well split. Okay, so I mean, if what advice would you give to um, someone hosting a summit as they're thinking about their offer or their offers? Um, it needs. It sounds like it just needs to kind of feel like fit and feel aligned with the mission behind the summit? Is there anything else we should think about as we're pulling together the offer at the end of the summit? If you're going to do something that
2: that is outside the norm for a summit, make sure you talk about it early on. Okay. So it's not a surprise. And they're like, what, what is this? Right.
0: Awesome. So I'm going to change the topic just a little bit. We've been talking about summits for a little while. I'm interested in your partnership and how you guys work together. You know, obviously Kira and I are big on partnerships. Uh, you know, we've, we've been doing the copywriter club as a, as a partnership. Yeah, I think it works. Um, (laughs) How do you guys make it work? Because not all partnerships go well. You know, oftentimes you start something and you know, you find that you maybe have uh, different ideas about where, what the goals are or where you, sh- what you should be doing, how you focus on your time. Like how have you guys made your partnership work?
3: Um, we get real okay with us talking over each other. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. We <laughs> both get real excited.
2: <laughs> I think, the one thing that I go back to, no matter what's going on, is that, you know, I care as much about Greta's success as I care about my own. And I know she feels the same way. So that helps us get over any rocky uh, points. And it always brings us back uh, to a, a very focused
3: partnership. Yeah. And I think the key is that we, you know, taking the, the ego part out when you're, you know, when you, when you're collaborating with someone, it's maybe even a little bit different, but if you're partnering with someone on something, you're there for the bigger purpose, right? Um, And so you're there to serve the bigger purpose and you're there, you've chosen each other. So it's like Betsy said, you know, we care about each other's success. It's important. And we care about our, our joined vision and mission. So that makes all the little stuff, little stuff, you know.
1: What has surprised you the most about being a part of a business partnership for for both of you? What what surprised you the most along the way?
2: One of the things that I don't know if it surprised me as much as it's just been this pleasant we this rhythm that we've gotten into. We initially had four ambitiously planned four summits And realize that that's not a sustainable goal. But at the end of this summit and boot camp, we both had growth in our own personal businesses and made some changes. And so without having to communicate, it's like we've been able to move back and forth. We know what's going on in each other's businesses and lives. And we just come back together when we need to come back together and, you know, Greta's been good about, you know, what, if, what if we do this, what if we do that? And, and we have these discussions, but it's been,
1: it's been very pleasant, uh, a really pleasant way to run things. Running two businesses is hard. Um, I mean, we both have are doing that now and it's, it's been tricky. There's definitely been <laughs> ups and downs along the way. So how do you two, how do you two fit your joint partnership and business, um, in with your own businesses, which you mentioned are, you know, are also taking off just like the summit and your women led summits is taking off. Um, how are you two each juggling the two and making it work and thinking about it so that you do stay sane, you stay focused. Um, you don't burn out too.
3: So, I think the key for us has been that um, and because it is event based women led summits, we really have not been not, it's not so much keeping all the balls in the air, but deciding which one at which time. Um, And so we did, you know, incredible singular focus on the summit that we had in January. And then, after that was said and done and the boot camp was over, um, we both took the step back and said, okay, we need to spend some time over here thinking about this for the future. And then, just those check ins. Um, and making plans for when, you know, when are we and when are we going to be adding this back into the mix so that both of the balls are up in the air and how much, how heavy is each one going to be? So for us, we haven't gotten, they're not really equitable at the same time. (laughs) Um, That's just not where we've gone yet with it. What do you think, Betsy?
2: Yeah, I, I would say we, we haven't, <laughs> I think both of us pretty much other than supporting client work, took a pause from growing our businesses during the summit. And so it wasn't a let's keep all the balls in the air at the same time, spin all the plates. It was now we're doing this, then we're doing this. Um, and I think that, as Greta said, because it's event-based, we can manage it somewhat like that. And right now, we're focusing on our personal businesses to get them to a healthy uh, place where we can maybe ignore them a little bit in the fall when we hope to have another summit.
0: So, I, I know this is probably the wrong time to ask this question because we're, uh, as we're recording this, everybody's sort of hunkered down at home, uh, nobody's going out. Uh, but assuming that things change here in the near future, Are you tempted at all to take this thing live and to do an in-person event, or is it enough just to be online with a summit?
3: No, we've talked about an in-person event. (laughs) Yes, from the get-go, we've talked about an in-person event.
0: (laughs) And what does that look like?
3: I think it looks a whole lot like not this year. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, this you are going to be a little bit tricky i think uh, for a lot of reasons
2: yeah <laughs> yeah i think we originally talked about a 2021 and that may be a little ambitious but we are keeping it top of mind as we proceed and just staying on top of everything because it, this is something that has to be done in advance.
1: Okay. Um, I just kind of want to, before we start to wrap up, I just want to talk through the details, like the nitty gritty here, because for someone who does want to do this, maybe they are on their own. They don't have a partner. You mentioned that you paid for the event. You paid for it, paid for itself. Can you just talk through like rough numbers? If I'm running my first virtual summit, say I want around 30, 40 speakers um, around the same size as yours. What should I be thinking about as far as what to budget for it so I can make sure I have that set aside? Do I, will I need to have a team? Should I have a VA or some type of support? If I don't do video editing, maybe I need to think about having someone to help. Just, can you just kind of run through like what I need to know prep wise before I jump into it as far as like hard numbers and, um, structure?
3: I think a lot of it has to do with, um, what your vision is. For the summit. I mean, you can find some incredible. Uh, you can find some incredible platforms. To you know, in terms of pricing, you can do a budget-friendly summit without any trouble. Uh, there are platforms that you can use that are really low cost. You can host on YouTube um, if you only have presentations, finished presentations sent in, or if you're okay with leaving in all of the, um, uh, awkward pauses and (laughs) unflattering laughs, you know, you can really do it for not a lot of money. If, if that's where you're at right now and you need to bootstrap it. So I wouldn't let that hold you back. If you are thinking of, of planning a summit.
2: Yeah, you, you can do something that's budget friendly, but if you want to do the way we did. We did host on WSDIA and that you have to, you have to budget for bandwidth. That was a surprise because once people start watching your videos, that $99 a month explodes. So that's several hundred dollars, but you know, it's, if you have a VA, obviously you have to budget for that. If you're doing it on your own and you aren't giving yourself a lot of time, you know, the more time you have, the less money it costs,
3: I think. Agreed. Agreed. And if you are doing it alone, I highly recommend finding someone um, or if you're part of a community where you can get a gut check, you can get some feedback, do that. Because I, one of my biggest takeaways with this is that it was so incredibly useful to have a partner in this situation. We could, the two of us, check each other. We were able to cover a lot of ground and make sure we didn't miss or misstep because we had each other for feedback.
0: Yeah. That, in my experience, that's one of the best things about having a, a partner that you can trust. So I know you guys mentioned you're focusing on your own personal businesses right now, but that you have a summit maybe in the fall. Tell us about what that might be. Um, you know, Maybe this is the first opportunity to start promoting it, uh, asking for speakers or whatever, but what's the idea? What are you guys going to be doing next?
2: Well, one thing we've thrown around is a Women Makers Summit to uh, celebrate and promote podcasters, community organizers, uh, people who create tech products, people who create physical products. Um, uh, and that's that's something that we've thrown around, but we haven't really decided on that. So if you have any ideas, now's
3: your time to promote your ideas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. and um, if we, Yeah, we haven't nailed down exactly what it's going to look like, but... I believe if you want to be in the loop, you can definitely, or if you would like to speak, um, and you just want to know what's coming up next, um, you can definitely get on the list at womenledsummits.com, and uh, we will keep you in the loop on what's coming up next. Because yes, we are um, we are looking at another summit in the fall. Um, we're looking at another boot camp. Uh, I think late summer. Is that where we landed on that, Betsy? Yes. Yeah. And then I think we might be revisiting Januarys.
2: We have talked about, is it, it will happen later in May, um, but we are going to open the Keys to Conversion Summit up again for another week, um, for free access to all of the videos. Um, if people want it longer than that, of course they can buy an all access pass, but that's not the intention here. I think seven days is plenty of time. For most folks to get through the videos they want to watch.
1: That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I mean, you have the content, it's sitting there. You had 45 speakers, like get that, you know, they, that could help people. Um, you can also make some money there for your business for the next summit too. Uh, that's a great idea. Uh, okay. So, you know, we, you both know, we love to talk about mindset in the underground and on the podcast. And so, you know, you two have transformed your businesses your own businesses launched this together taken some really i mean you've taken a leap right you jumped off the cliff together um, you've gone through a lot over the last few years and then most recently with this summit how has your mindset changed over the last year or so and I just am personally interested like interested in what has helped you uh, continue to Change, shift your mindset and overcome, you know, some of those limiting beliefs that hold us back?
3: Very good question. <laughs> um, I would say for me that um, the biggest things have been community and experience and just trying to find being around people who get it and who are also driven, who are also able to understand that that mindset is part of the part of the deal. Um, And so they're actively working on that. Um, And just experiencing as much as I can, in my career, doing things, taking the risk. Um, Those are the things that have made the most difference for me, is just acting as if I feel the way that I want to feel. (laughs) You know, like, can I do it? I don't know. I have doubts. Let's just let's just go with it and see what happens. And I guess really just not taking everything so seriously. It's an experiment, just like your copy, put it out, you know, make, put it out in the wild, see what happens, iterate. And and for me, it's been a, a lot of,
2: there's a lot of similarity uh, surrounding myself with people that are smarter than I am uh, being in active uh, copywriting and marketing communities, uh, putting my work out there for feedback. Oh, not playing it safe and small. Oh, I, you know, so many things. Um, one of the things that really provide, and you are going to think I'm kissing up and I'm not, but I've told both of you this before, but I am an extreme introvert and very shy and going to the copywriter club in real life in 2018 in Brooklyn, just absolutely changed my life. Um, Being with copywriters, it wasn't just being at a conference. I was with people that I could nerd out with. And it was an amazing experience for me. And it was one of the first times I went from wanting to be invisible to embracing visibility. And honestly, from that moment forward, because it was just a couple of months after that, that Greta and I met for coffee. And so it's really been turning back from that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I I do think, I I mean, I believe that's the power of meeting in person, you know, introvert, extrovert doesn't matter, but just uh, stepping into that room really does change you. Um, And it continues to change you every time you step into a new room, whether it is virtual or in person. All right. So as we wrap up, you know, you probably have heard one of our final questions we like to ask, what is the future of copywriting? What does the future of copywriting look like? To you?
2: Oh, I think it's incandescently bright. Um, it's as um, a mentor and friend, Joanna Weeb says, nothing is sold online without copy. And I think we're going to see more things being sold online
3: and we're going to be necessary. Really interesting question at this point in time in history. Um, one of the things I've really enjoyed seeing is. Uh, how many helpers are coming to light right now. And I think that might be part of the trend um, that, we, that we see. But I think it's going to be more personal. I think it's going to be more diverse. Um, I think copies, I feel like marketing in general is kind of going through some transformations right now. And I'm pretty excited to see where we go and where we can take it. I mean, we're the messengers, right? We we get to have a say, we get to have a voice um, and that's pretty exciting.
0: So this has been... Awesome. Like I'm, I'm almost convinced that, uh, we need to do a summit of our own listening to you guys talk. Um, if people want to uh, reach out to you, connect with you, find out more about the previous summit that you guys led or possibly, you know, future summits, where should they go?
2: Well, I'm getting ready to launch my new site, rocket fuel strategy. Nice. Okay. So, um, Betsy at rocket dot com, And, um, I'm, Still um, on most social medias as Betsy News or Poppy News.
0: And Greta?
3: Yeah, if you want to find out about the summits, you can hit us up at uh, WomenLedSummits.com and you're welcome to join the list. And uh, you can reach either of us at Betsy or Greta at WomenLedSummits. And you can reach us at our own businesses. Um, so I am actually in the middle of, or not quite in the middle, I'd like to be in the middle <laughs> of, <laughs> of a rebrand of uh, GretaKate.com is where you can find me right now. Depending on when you're listening to this, you might also find me at readtheroommarketing.com.
0: Awesome. Lots of places to check out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and also just thank you to both of you, not only for sharing you know, the inside look at what takes to run a summit but also for inviting both of us uh to be a part of your first summit it was you know it was really exciting to be a part of it so thank you
0: yes thank you
3: thank you thank you both for being a part of it